What is going on, you guys? Welcome to the Strong Life Podcast with Kendra Jarrett. I love my topic for today, but listen, I got a 50% off announcement on what you ask. So I am thrilled to announce a special partnership with Just Meats. I've posted about it here and there. It is a company that I've personally enjoyed for its convenience, taste, and affordability. And seriously, though, the beef tri-tips, which I had yesterday, are to die for. I had them with some green beans, and it just hit the spot and really keeps me full. Listen, I have boiled down my meat prep to like chicken and chicken sausage just because I do not love the process of getting the raw meat trimming the fat and then cooking it down. It is it is the hardest part of meal prep for me. And I've gotten to the point where there just wasn't a lot of variety until now. So why just meats? It's convenient. Simply order your meats. They are prepared for delivery. And then you reheat them with super simple instructions. When they come in, they have a wide variety of high quality, flavorful meats. And you, you get more for your budget. Actually, it's affordable. So you can do the breakdown and it's totally makes sense. I wish I had had this while Jack was living at home. It would have made my life a lot easier, but my lifestyle now, this is perfect. It's for families. It's for single people. You name it. It's just easy and fast. So now through December 30th, you're going to receive 50% off your order when you use my link, which is linked in the show notes. I'll make it super clear for you. Let me know if you have any questions, but you will not be disappointed and you don't want to miss out on this unique opportunity. It is also going to help you hit those macros. So if you're working with me, hitting your macros is key and protein, real food is first. So it is live and it's only for a limited time. This podcast is also brought to you by my very own fitness app which is the Strong Life app. It is easy to use. I have a wide variety of workouts. I do all the programming myself, you guys. So I have workouts that I've done in the past with myself, with clients, everything from dumbbell to full gym equipment. We do challenges in there. I have a community in there. I post in there almost every day and you can message me in there. It's $14.99 a month, which is a steal. And then two more things. The other thing is if you need custom macros, which I kind of just feel like everybody should have, especially if you haven't reached your goals and you're kind of putting all the pieces together, but you don't have the physique you want or the body composition you want, you may have a performance goal and I can help you set those macros. You can do weekly check-ins. You can message me there also. And I have a team that helps me in there that's highly qualified, very well-trained and, and we tag team to help people reach their goals. So jump in that app. It's $12.99 a month. The way to get access to that is linked in the show notes as well. And then lastly, join my Facebook community. It's free. So listen, for under 30 bucks, you can have me program your workouts and have custom macros. And that is dirt cheap. Now it's up to you to do the work and do it for long enough to be able to get results and reach your goals. So without further ado, here is today's episode. So here we are. Welcome to the Strong Life Podcast. I'm actually going to dive right in. Normally in the beginning, okay. I do a little talk about, you know, different things that are going on, but I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right <laughs> to you. <laughs> I don't okay, wanna... great. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. So we have Jen. It's Jen Thompson, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's you Jennifer, Jen. I like Jen. Jen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So I, I have, it's funny because I've been wanting to talk to you, but 
because I started this podcast in March and obviously I don't know you, you don't know me, but I followed you and you know, I'm, I'm like so interested and enamored and blown away, especially because I, you know, I have my own little strength journey. That's like, it's just so interesting how somebody can get so strong. So I've been wanting to talk to you, but you know, it didn't occur to me that I could just reach out and ask you. And the more I do that, the more I'm surprised that people are really accessible. Like yeah. they're happy to have a conversation, like lots of people. And I love that. So thank mm -hmm. you. You're welcome. Yeah. It's a great community. I mean, we, I had a podcast going for a little while and we just ended it, but I too, like I would just reach for the stars with who I wanted to ask on the show. I was always like pleasantly surprised most of the time that people would be happy to talk to you. Yeah. I mean, you know, on the one hand, it's like, who doesn't, it's, it's good to share your story. I think it's good. It's always been good for me to kind of learn to articulate what the story is and it changes and that kind of thing. And um, so I think the first person I reached out to is Dr. Stacy Sims and I've been reading her books um, certainly on like perimenopause and menopause performance and nutrition and all that. And, and then I met her at a conference and asked her and she was, she was so gracious and wonderful and open. And so I'm excited to talk to you. I didn't realize you were 50 also. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I just turned 50 when, and you're, are you, when, when is your birthday? Was it? It was June and a June. Okay. So yeah. tell me, I didn't write, I didn't send this one to you, but that's okay. Tell me how that was for you. It was totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. It was fine. <laughs> I think like I had a harder time with like 45. Okay. Than I did 50. Like 40, I was like, that's no big deal. But then like once I hit like mid 40s, I was like, and it wasn't that I felt any different. I just felt like it was old you know yeah, like old. I told totally like you know like you think about when your parents were that age and you were like they're so old but then I'm like I'm nothing like my mother was so it's okay but you know like it's when it's when I it's it's when like you're a master's lifter truly you okay. know now and and I don't know it just felt really like a little depressing that <laughs> yeah. I wasn't like this you know for, for me, when I started powerlifting, like nobody knew about it. There was no social media, you know, we didn't have these big, huge events. It was very much a small, reclusive kind of thing. And so I feel like now I'm really enjoying what it is. And I'm like grasping, I'm holding on to it because it was so crappy when I first started. And I want to be able to enjoy and experience all this for as long as I can. So when I hit 45, you just, I, I guess you just start seeing that time period really diminish you Actually, know it that's really interesting because in the it's in the context of sports like I've done a lot of age group sports and same you know remember being younger and thinking like whoa there because it's they they were just like 45 plus like mm -hmm. after 45 it doesn't matter if you're 85 you know it's just 45 plus or 50 plus and so you're like oh we're just at that point there we might as well just kind of ride off into the sunset and I remember feeling that way too like I don't want to be that you know right and now here you are yeah, here when I hit like when I hit 50 I'm like 
to me, it was like a challenge. Like, how long can I make this go for now? You know, like, <laughs> how long can I keep breaking world records and lifting with these young kids in the open division? You know, so from now, like, I almost find it exciting because I'm like, I'm going to keep doing this for as long as I can and stay at the top of my game as long as I can. I want to go down as history. It's like one of the oldest women <laughs> that was able to continue to do this for as long as possible. You know, so now yeah. it's like almost like a fun challenge because no one expects you to do that at the age right. of 50. Yeah. And then you see the age of 50, though, and you see people who have, I mean, you know, well, let's get in. Let's first of all, I would love for you to talk about what your like, I'm interested in your stats. I know you're more than your stats, but mm -hmm. they're well, pretty um yeah, I mean, I started lifting in 1999 was my yeah. first, you know, so I've been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. But I have four classic powerlifting world titles. I have seven world bench press titles. My world records are like in the 80-ish range, like over 80 world records and mostly bench press. But when I was in a lot, were in the total and powerlifting. I had a couple in the deadlift for world records and of course, lots of master's records. I don't know. I'm the, I have the best pound for pound bench press of anybody. <laughs> no, I, I was talking to a couple of the women at my CrossFit gym and they're like, I was like, no, it's, it's over 300. And they're like, well, how much does she weigh? And I was like, well, that's the funny part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 138 or it was 132 at different times. Can you yeah. talk about the well, let's talk about like your history though. Like I'm a graduate student at USF University of South Florida in, in exercise science. And we just took a course on cardiovascular physiology, but we went through Dr. Buckner, who's one of my professors went through basically like sort of the, the where strength begins and then where it increases the most. And then like over the age of 20, it's like the gains are actually pretty small for strength. And then it plateaus and then it starts to decline. And you sort of have, he talks about like kind of a baseline strength. And if you've built it as, as a younger person, you can kind of always go back to that baseline strength. So I think about you in that class. I know that like you wouldn't know that, but I was like, I, I'm so interested to know where you started this strength process for yourself. Well, I didn't start weight training till like my twenties, you know, when I was in college, I was just kind of, I was sort of messing around with it. I lived in a rental house and I worked two jobs. So I went to college and one of our roommates had a free weight gym in the basement of our rental house. I used to be a runner. I was a long distance runner. I ran with my dad and I ran long distance in high school. And um, they kept inviting me to come down at four o'clock. All these guys would show up and they would all work out down in the basement they play music they laugh and have a great time and I finally said okay I'll give it a try <laughs> and so you know we did we didn't knew, know what we do now about strength praying boy but did we do it so wrong <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it was fun I was the only girl and I was a runner I was very skinny I didn't have any shape you know it was just very thick or, or thin real twig like so I really enjoyed like building shape just on my body. So I just started doing it just, just to kind of get some shoulders and pecs. And I didn't want to gain the freshman 15 in college. So I wanted to stay in shape, but I, I just, I liked it, but I just sort of 
you know, I'd do it for a while and then I'd fall off. I'd do it for a while and fall off. I didn't really start training to where like I was training for a competition till my late twenties. So it started in the basement in 1999. <laughs> well, before that it was uh, actually 1991. <laughs> okay, 91. Yeah. Yeah. This is when I was just started dabbling. I'll say. <laughs> Do you remember, do you remember like what you were doing? Did you go right oh. into powerlifting? Or were you both basically bodybuilding? It sounds like. We didn't even know anything about powerlifting. Never even heard of it. I mean, this is before the internet. Like the only um, strength information we really had was like, if you watch the wide world of sports yes. on TV and muscle and fitness magazine, yeah. flex magazine. So everything was around bodybuilding. That's the only really information you could get on anything. And so my husband, who was my roommate, who introduced me to lifting, he learned how to lift weights in the army. So we just ran like these crazy bodybuilding, like torturous <laughs> runs of things. We didn't know what we were doing. It was like, it was no wonder we couldn't stick with it because we do like, you know, hours of upper body one day, hours of lower body the next day, take one day off and do it like six days a week. <laughs> like I like knowing just... nothing about like nutrition no. and protein and probably <laughs> or maybe drinking egg whites. I don't know. Cause Arnold no, no. Found it I didn't even, we were drinking a lot of beer back then. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Yeah beer and I would eat at where I worked so I wouldn't have to pay for it so right. <laughs> and Taco Bell because it was super cheap so you you started there and then when did par powerlifting come into the scene like because I, well, I, I was lifting at 22 uh -huh. and, and we were we were all powerlifting then I was at a gym I mean it wasn't like it wasn't like we were clueless, you know? Right. Well, point. I think probably because we worked out in a home gym back then. Oh, yeah. And where we were, we didn't have like box gyms. There was like, there was like a health club that you could belong to that had like, you know, a universal machine and some dumbbells or something. But we didn't have, one of the reasons we had the whole gym is because there was no gyms. So yeah. we weren't like actually interacting with people where we could find out about stuff. I actually, you know, I was lifting with Donovan and his friends down there and I was getting as strong as some of the guys. And so we were like, I was like, he was like, you know, there's got to be something we can do with this. And at the time I was like, I was, had no interest in doing bodybuilding. Like I did not want to prance around in a bathing suit in front of people. I didn't know. I just, that's not my personality. I just didn't want to do it. And then fitness was really big at the time, but you really had to be like a gymnast to do that kind of stuff. Like I have no like coordination at all. So like, I didn't, I didn't know until we got married and we just walked on a powerlifting competition on Venice beach. I just happened to walk on it and see it. And I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> well, and, and at this point, had your physique changed with all the training? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had some muscle, like I, enough that people would notice that my dad was not happy about it you know like <laughs> he was like no daughter of mine's gonna look like a man yeah. you know kind of thing watch out. you yeah. know like my dad is very much like uh, Archie Bunker if you know who that is yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, like very very um you know the 70s kind of father that has a lot of old ideals you know so but I, I mean I had people compliment me on you know how nice my arms were sometimes or sometimes they wouldn't say nice things but you know it was enough that I was I, I looked like I was had some muscle right like look like you work out which is what yeah like I was doing something and everybody's trying to get there it's really hard to now like for people listening to I work with a lot of women who come to me at our age 
who want yeah. to build the physique. And it's very difficult to do. Like, I don't think people understand the years of consistency and commitment to, to be able to, to, to really build and change the physique. You know, it's just, it's just, it's almost like if you didn't get it, it late earlier, it just gets harder and harder. It's not that it's not possible, but sure. That that level of dedication is just it's I think it's hard for people to understand, like because they'll see you and think like, oh, I could, you know, if I maybe if I train for a competition, but it's just so there's so much consistency required. I feel like that's so funny because for so long, you know, people women were so fearful of lifting weights to look like that. Right. You know, they thought if they picked up any sort of barbell, they would, you know, like sprout out these masculine muscles and all of a sudden start talking with a deep voice, you know, right. and now we've got people like, how do I look like that? I just think right, that's right. so cool. <laughs> you're like, train like you want to train, like you want to get too big and you'll probably end up somewhere close to where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, but so you, you did the, did you jump into the powerlifting meet or you just said, oh, I think this is something I could do. I, I started looking about it when the internet was starting to come around a little bit. It was still very slow. <laughs> you know, you still had to like, Literally mail in dial your, up. yeah, yeah. You had to mail in your, your entry form for competitions. still. you know, but I, I you know, I, at the, I stopped and talked to some people at that competition. It was a bench press only competition. I would, and so I was, I'm like, how do I get involved in this? Like, what do I do? Like, what's the organization, you know? So they kind of gave me some direction. I think I lifted like a, a year later or so I did my first one. I, we kind of took some time, found out how we do it. I did, I'd never deadlifted before in my life. And I sure wasn't squatting to death, you know, like mo most of it was all about benches. And I did bench only competitions, you know, the first few years, just because that was like, it was, you know, how much do you bench was the bro code. And that's really all we focused on. <laughs> what What is depth in powerlifting for squatting? Your crease of your hips has to go below the top of your knee. Okay. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So today I was in a class, we were doing five by five squats and CrossFit is known to getting like ass to grass, you know, and it's like, it's so different in powerlifting. And then I did a strongman competition and that's just like sloppy. Yeah. Like, it's a free for all. Yeah. It's like <laughs> use any means necessary to get yeah. that weight where it needs to go. There was some um, sort of ROM. You're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, so, so you was was bench your clearly like this was a gift you had oh yeah I mean well it's kind of mostly what we trained like you know we would train bench and then legs were kind of a side thought we just kind of did them just so we didn't look ridiculous you know with our <laughs> upper bodies to our lower bodies but it was really like bench was like the big focus no um, just kidding. for yeah. our training partners like all the guys they just wanted to say how much they benched you know and so yeah that was like the major part of our training was like was bench press and I think too like when I was in high school I took this class called marine fitness and I guess it was sort of like an early crossfit so we did like it was like advanced gym we did like the marine fitness tests where you had to do I think we had to do 100 sit-ups in two minutes like 60 push military push-ups in two minutes we had to do 30 pull-ups in two minutes and there was a shuttle run and a broad jump and the whole class was about basically was that was like rope climbing stadium stairs all this hopping it was like but I developed some upper body strength I was really good at the pull-ups I could 
rope climb with no legs up and down, up and down. Like I could do, I could do the military, um, push up max out. So I enjoyed it. It was fun. So I think I got a little bit of the upper body strength from, cause I took it every semester in high school. So I took it for six semesters. <laughs> and, oh, wow. uh, all through the years throughout every single, I never not, I, I don't know how credits worked back then, but I was able to take it every single semester. So, yeah. It's, it's, you're kind of speaking to the, to the process of building muscle, which really starts, you know, day one. And then you, you know, getting kids involved early mm-hmm. is obviously essential, you know? Yeah. So do you, do you study strength? Not really. <laughs> I, yeah. it's all it's all through experimentation yeah. yeah what's up it's all through experimentation right right so my husband's a physician so obviously he understands you know like mechanics and how the body works I mean he doesn't really study like the you know he doesn't study strength or you right. know, he's not doing what you're doing he can but he can apply I think a lot of his medical knowledge to what we do yeah yeah it's so interesting because you're just such a natural but I know you worked for it too. Like yeah. it, there's a story, like there's a progression. So I just liked it because, you know, you know, as women, we don't really have strong upper bodies. We don't do a lot that develop them, especially at our age, you know, when we were younger. And so that's where I saw the most progress when I was lifting weights was, you know, I just started with dumbbells and I started with the barbell and I just started putting fives on there and tens. And then I, it just kept going up <laughs> like, and I probably was lucky that I had someone that had some knowledge about lifting that could get me in a, a good position now my bench is way better like I know way more about it my setup is way better than when we first started but it was enough to to get me going for sure so a bench when you are training for powerlifting, do you I mean do you focus on is it common that you're sort of like bet much better at one thing? Is that a common thing for athletes? Yeah. Yeah. For powerlifting, it's usually not bench. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sort of an anomaly in that, right. in that aspect. But yeah, usually you're either like, and when you compete at the elite level, you know, you're, know your competitors, like Sam Calhoun's one of my number one competitors, her deadlift's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, and, and so I know like when we're, when we're going, I got to really put her on her in the bench because I know she's going to weigh out, you know, weigh out, pull me at the end, but I got to make sure I'm ha- ahead of her enough that it's, she can't pull enough, you know? So, right. And then if you look at Gabby Martinez, her squats, like unbelievable. So, I mean, yeah, usually you have one that you excel really well at, and then you're trying to just kind of keep the other ones good. <laughs> Survive. Now, are, are you weight classes and powerlifting yeah. as well? Oh yeah. And they, and they keep changing, which is sort of the frustrating part, you know, like every couple of years, they're like, Oh, we're going to go to, you know, the Olympic weight classes. Oh no, now we're going to this. And then, Oh no. So my weight classes changed probably, you know, three or four times, you know, throughout my career. So what's the, what is, what are the ranges right now? Well, so I lift with USA powerlifting, you know, there's lots of other organizations you can lift in, but it is the biggest one by far nationally and internationally and it's the probably I think the cleanest they drug test the most out of all of them so we left we left the international powerlifting federation it was a big hoopa if you knew anything about powerlifting so we left our international affiliate and when we did that we decided to do our own own weight classes and really what they did was they made a lot more 
weight classes because there was big jumps in between them. So they, they made it more so that like, you know, an 84 kilo woman wasn't having to compete against a hundred kilo woman, you know, cause they were all super heavyweights. So they really increased the amount of weight classes. So right now my weight class, I'm in the middle between two. There's, there's a 60, which is 132 and a, and a half, which is what I started in, in the late early 2000s, but <laughs> way bigger than I am, now, you know, from back you've then. Grown, um, you've grown. I've grown some in the booty mostly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a good thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like the peach. Um, yeah, yeah. But now it's 148.8, 67 and a half kilos, which I normally walk around on, you know, 144. So yeah. I tried to go down just to see if I could get down there, you know, cause I did it before and that was a disaster. <laughs> so I can, I, I don't know, I can eat up a little bit if I want to, but it's nice not to have to worry about making weight. Yeah. Meaning cutting. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, cause cutting it for a performance athlete like you, I've always, that's always made me curious, like what you would lose if you are doing a heavy cut, you know, like in boxing or something like that. Yeah. You know, it just kind of depends, I think on your body structure and how much weight you really have to lose. I've always been pretty low body fat. So for me, like having to lose weight has a profound impact on my Am I, you know, lifting? I try to do more when I was cutting weight, when I was in the 63s, which is one, 138, I tried to mostly do water weight because it's yep. easier to put it right back on, but we have two hour weigh in. So most of the time I was feeling pretty shitty on the squats, but then by the time I got to bench, I was feeling better because it'd been a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My hydration is finally catching up. <laughs> right. And I guess, is it worth it? Right. That's the thing. I mean, you just have to yeah. really look at the competition and see, you know, even if I'm not a hundred percent. Am I more competitive in the lower weight class than the upper weight class? It's just sort of a call that way. Now, does the, when you are out there on the, like how far apart is your bench press from your competitors? A lot. Like I would say 70 pounds, probably. Do you think somebody can make that up? Well, my squat's pretty shitty. <laughs> so, I mean, yes. bench, like, like, do you think if you, do you think it's because your competitors are not training bench as much and focused on what they're good at? Yes. So you think, do you think they could get to your bench if they focused on it? I think they could get a lot closer. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. you think something else would suffer though? For them? Probably not. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't think so. I mean, maybe a little bit because they're probably would have to put more time dedication to the bench than they, they probably currently are because that usually, you know, it's, it's what you don't enjoy doing, you know, so most of them just hate it. You know, they just don't, I mean, I I feel the same way about squats. You know, I really dislike the squats. I think they suck, but because of that, I try to dedicate more time and effort to them, but you know, you could easily do the other opposite, you know, be like, (laughs) Like you cannot let that bench suffer that's your that's your sign is that is this kind of what you're known for oh for sure yeah that's yeah. why Most people don't even like still now even though I have four world titles they don't realize that I do full power lifting you know right they're just like this is the bench lady yeah so, she <laughs> so if you think back to the this is like I'm asking as a woman to woman okay. so when I get under weight like 
this is kind of one of the issues, you know, like, so I could get under a 205 squat, but in my mind, I can't even imagine being able to like a world where I would be able to get to like 250. Like, it just seems like, how could, how could I ever get stronger? Same thing with bench. I think I'm at like maybe 150 I've maxed. And it's like, so it's like, how does somebody get to 300 and like, how is that even possible? You know, I, I mean, I, I, didn't, I, didn't scale, there. <laughs> I know, but it's like, it's were your jumps enormous or small, or did they come at different times or was it random or did you train specifically to like get stronger? Or do you feel like it just kind of happened? I think it's slow and steady. Yep. I mean, I, I think my very first competition, I benched 215, maybe. That was 1999. So it's been like, you know, this, I mean, it's probably it's more like this. It's still going up just in smaller increments now. But uh, I think that sort of thought process is limiting and I've never had a limiting thought process. Right. <laughs> like I've always right. thought, I've always just looked at the next Wait, Okay. Let's get the next one. Let's get the next one. Let's get the next one. I've never looked and said, Oh, there's no way I can get to 300 pounds. I never even looked that far. You know, I was just trying to make progress and keep it going. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's a self-limiting mindset that you yeah. got there. You got to look at just <laughs> the today and the tomorrow and maybe yeah. the next week. Um, and if, I feel like if you have great form and you've got a good program, you know, I have, I'm going to my Thompson's gym program. I have my own app with all my programs on there and I get a lot of the same comments back. Um, within the first few weeks, they're hitting PRs. But at the same time, they're saying, I've never worked so hard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to work for it, I guess. Yeah. It's, and I didn't realize that I could push myself to those levels because I've never really tried to. Right. Um, I think you can, you, your body can do way more and push yourself way beyond what you think it's capable of if you're willing to give it a try. Right. It's interesting too, because, you know, that, one thing we're learning a lot about is how like strength is, you know, really neurological, right? Because it's like it for you, you know, if just to, to a lot of people, it wouldn't make sense that you could lift that much weight. Like that just seems so unbelievable. And I think, yeah, probably the mindset that you have plays a huge role in it. I didn't actually get a chance to watch your YouTube video yet, which I will. But I had a feeling there was some of that in there, you know, how you think and being a competitive person in general. I think too, I think it helped like that I lived with the guys, you know, in the beginning. So um, I didn't really have anyone to compare myself to. I was just comparing myself to the other guys that I was lifting with. And then my husband, who was my, you know, just my workout partner in the beginning, we've been married 30 years now almost, but he's always pushed me to, you can do this, you can do that, even though I think he's kind of nuts sometimes, you know, he's always had like, I think we can get to here, we can get to here, I think if we do this, we'll get to here, and a lot of it is just, it's enjoying the ride, it's understanding yes. that it's a journey, and it's, you know, it's not going to be a right now, but also understanding that you need to, like, be a student of it, like, we've, 
what we do today is not what we did last year or the year before or the year before. You're always trying to evolve. Your body's evolving also, whether it's age or you're gaining muscle or you've got a new job or now you have small kids or whatever it is, you always have to be adjusting to get the most out of yourself with your current situation or circumstances. So I think we've always been really great at once we've got the form nailed down, we've been really great at always being very progressive in our training and our mindset. Right. So where do you start? Where do you recommend somebody start? Like if they are interested in this, you know, there's so many, especially (laughs) online, like if somebody just picks up, uh, you know, when, when we'll make sure we get links to your app so people can check that out too. But yeah. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, form is tricky because everyone's a little bit different because we all have different limbs and body mechanics and our femurs hip into our hip sockets at different angles. You know, we all have different types of flexibilities. So, I mean, usually there's with, with each exercise, there's sort of some main rules of performance that pretty much everyone should follow. But then when you get to kind of the finer points, it's really, you have to look at your body type and what works for you. It helps if you have a, if you're able to have a good coach in person, you know, that can watch you and, and, and has some good knowledge. That's not always easy to find. Right. There's tons of online resources out there also, but you know, the in-person is really pretty priceless to have someone to be there on the moment and look at you and say, tweak this, do this, squeeze your shoulders, move your feet apart. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this is going to work better for you. But some of it too is listening to your body. You know, like if something feels bad, then that's not the right place for you. Like if something's really pinching and hurting bad, then you're not, your body doesn't follow, you know, the rules of performance. You're going to have to, you know, tweak some things to make it work for you. So it's, it's a time investment. Sometimes it's a money investment if you're willing, willing to do it, but it's good to start with a very basic beginner problem powerlifting program, you know, where you're really working reps of eights or tens, because that's where you're going to be able to do your form tweaks, but then push yourself into a zone where you have to maintain the form under pressure and intensity. So that certainly helps. Definitely, you know, YouTube's a wonderful resource. I have all sorts of free information on there. I did a whole bench series. I did a squat series. I'm working on a deadlift series just about that breaks it down into the most minute pieces of how you do it. So I guess I would start there. A beginner program, if you could find an in-person coach, that's a plus, or just find people that power lift because powerlifters love talking about powerlifting and we're very friendly and always happy to help usually. So um, if you can find yourself a band to, to get into, or sometimes maybe you just need to find um, some friends that want to do it with you. Like the other day, I've been really struggling with my deadlift. I've had to change my form over here as well, just from different things. And our one friend that lifts with us is not a power lifter at all. He knows nothing about it, but he watches me do it every day. And he's like, Jen, I really think you just need to keep your hips up a little bit more and pull back. You know, so, and he was right. And it's just someone that watches you over and over and over again. You know, this doesn't look right. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, some high level coach, I don't think. Right. So are you, let's talk a little bit. I'm super curious about your training. Like what is your training lifestyle like typical week for you? <laughs> well, should we, I like, I pre, I train pretty hard. Like I don't subscribe to the RPEs. I don't know if you know what that is, yep, yep. but I don't, I don't, I don't like it. 
I pretty much train hard all the time. <laughs> so great like exertion. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably, if you're going RPE, talking about eight yeah. or nine, yeah. <laughs> pretty much all the, time. all the time. Right. Yeah. Sometimes a 10. I guess um, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and I, ha I guess I have a little bit of that old school mindset is, you know, you just kind of go all, balls to the wall. Always all, all in. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Always yeah. all in you know, with some, some self-preservation there, <laughs> but so we train, I do, we train an eight day cycle. So I do uh, my bench workout, my squat workout. They usually take at least two hours and I take two days off. And then I do um, what we call a shoulder tricep day, which is kind of like a bench variation day and then a deadlift back bicep day. And then I take two days off and I need, need those two days. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to come back and lift because I'm so stinking sore all the time. You know, what's interesting is that I did, I've always trained like bodybuilding style and I know you wouldn't do this, but I did step on stage last year. I was just curious what it would take. It was yeah. terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> terrible. Um, but it's like, it is, it is probably as bad as you, you think it would be the whole yeah. experience, but it, I'm glad I did it. I think it helped make me a better coach. I think a lot of people think they want to get that lean and they have no idea like the damage it does. It did the toll it takes. But once I started strength training, I, after that, after I finished, I had to of course heal and recover from that, which took months. And then I started with the, the strongman and the strongman I did it with some classmates and we did a competition and I was like, this is amazing. But the thing I found is that my training was one of my classmates wrote me a program and the training was kind of minimal. Like it was like three, maybe three or four workouts a week, low volume, heavy, just, yeah. and I realized the amount of junk volume I did bodybuilding, like six days a week of, of lifting rep after rep, three leg days, glute days. I, when you lift heavy, it is so, it just, I was, I was saying in an episode, like a couple episodes ago, it's like your guts are involved. Like you're, you can, you know what I mean? You're like, your toenails are, it's such a incredible feeling to be, to, to move like that. You know, it's taxing and you, I could, you couldn't do it seven days a week. Like it's not possible. No. It is not possible. I had I mean, no I have, idea. I have three days rest really. If you, between the body parts, you know, so I bench on Monday. I don't do another bench till Thursday. I've done a leg day in there, but my upper body is rest three days. Um, okay. And so if I, I, I tried to do a seven day a week program because, you know, our lives were just busy with our kids and stuff. And so I thought, well, our weekends were getting packed and I didn't want to have to lift on the weekends. So we did a seven day and I, I, it was horrible. <laughs> I couldn't recover. Uh, and my strength just went down. So it was like, well, we're just going to have to make this eight day thing work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. had to cut out a lot of the exercises I do because I had a one last day rest. So I had to cut out some of the training because I couldn't recover in a seven day system. And then I wasn't getting the extra training that I normally got in. So things weren't getting as strong as they normally did. So now did that, did you, did that evolve over time? Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, we've had, I mean, as you know, like with life, you know, it's just, it's always changing, you know, thing, you know, different responsibilities, different things going on. So, I mean, we've, we've tried all different things, you know, to kind of make things work 
with our other other I mean you're talking about powerlifting is you know two days two hours a day but then you know there's the training there's the or excuse me the nutrition you have to look after I'm a big believer in naps and rest you know and then you have your normal jobs and stuff that you have to do so we're always sort of finagling how to work that in the best way with everything we got going <laughs> are you let's talk a little bit about your nutrition curious I'm not super crazy about it I've done like the macroing yeah I worked with a nutritionist for a while and that stuff drove me insane <laughs> like I really hated it <laughs> so I've just got myself to where my main goal is to get you know near 200 grams of protein a day yeah. just kind of give or take a little bit uh, but that's my main goal and then to just eat well yeah I try not to eat processed food. Uh, I try to get a lot of veggies in, a lot of whole grains. I'm a pretty habitual eater, meaning that I, I don't mind eating the same thing a lot. Right. I'm not a great cook, and that's probably I'm a habitual eater. <laughs> I can grill. I can grill my ass off. <laughs> and, uh, but give me a recipe or something to put together, and it's a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're so, preaching the choir here. People are like, I need recipes. I'm like, put meat on a plate with some yeah. rice and vegetables. That's the recipe. Yeah. I pretty yeah. much, my, my husband doesn't cook, you know, I have two, two boys and they've pretty much just grown up on different marinades for chicken and steak and <laughs> buffalo, you know, and sometimes we roast the veggies. Sometimes we have raw veggies, right, you right. Know, just sort of switch it up a lot, oh, you know, the best they can, but yeah, it's been, it's kind of, I've got like, you know, six meals. I just kind of juggle around a little bit and that's it. But I find that like, if I, tr if I cheat a little bit, or if I go off what I normally, I just feel terrible. Like my stomach yeah. doesn't feel good. It's gurgly. And I found that I just don't like the taste of processed food anymore. And it was even like today, I brought out the hummus. I was eating veggies and there just happened to be a bag of Stacy's naked chips. And I had one of the chips and I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> it tastes I've anything. Ah, it tastes like I've almost right. like chemical. I almost feel like I can taste the chemicals and preservatives. I know I can't, but there's just a funky taste to okay. things yeah, to me yeah. that's not homemade anymore. Right. So I've just got myself in this lifestyle really is what it is. People always ask, you know, what's, what, what diet are you on or how are you dieting or how do I lose weight? And it's, you have to find a, a lifestyle of eating. It's not about following somebody's plan. You have to find your own plan or it will never work. You know, I work, I'm a teacher. And so there's always garbage in the workroom, the teacher's workroom, any given day, there's cakes, there's cupcakes, there's, I mean, you name it, there's horrible stuff in there. And I've seen some of my coworkers who are very overweight, go on like a keto diet or, you know, whatever it is, the, what is the one where you eat within a certain amount of hours? Minute fasting. Yeah. And they've lost a ton of weight, but then six months later, it's, you back. know, it's right back. And it's just because they didn't find their eating lifestyle that worked with how, how they wanted to physically look or feel, you know? And so there's, yeah. I mean, it's difficult because I think a lot of, you know, you're, you're just fueling for performance and making sure that like, this is very important for what you're doing, you know? And it's like, 
focusing on what your body can do, I think would be a benefit a lot of women and then fueling for that as opposed to constantly focusing on the way we look and then trying to fuel for that and just get smaller and smaller and smaller. It's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's a slight shift in the way we think about it, but I would and love I think, to see that. I yeah, see, some I see of it changing. I do see women. Yeah. And it's a, it's the relationship we have with food. And as yeah. Americans, we do a terrible job with it. You know, we reward our kids with desserts in school. The teachers give out candy for getting right answers or doing well. And we establish the relationship of good feelings with terrible food. And we just, we do it. We're the terrible society for that. And so I think a lot of it is, and you know, if you look at our traditions and holidays, it's all about what food we make, you know, what kind of family traditional stuff that we have. And usually it's not very good. So it's, some of it is, I think, having to really look at what your relationship with food is and why you feel the need to eat these certain things. And some of it is like, you know, we're a fast paced society and it's not easy to meal prep or, you know, take proper meals with you or, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it is, is time consuming <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you can make, you can make it work. Um, my kids have, were also my motivation. You know, my sisters had struggled with weight her whole life and I didn't want that for my kids, you know? So I made a very conscious effort to not make food as some amazing joyous event. It's something we do to feel our bodies and <laughs> feel good. And, you know, I gave desserts and things like that, but I just never attached it to a word behavior. Yeah. 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 I suppose, I, I suppose I didn't either. Like it, it wasn't about, it, there w wasn't a lot of ceremonies around food and, mm -hmm. you know, growing up in our house or with, you know, raising my son, you know, it's very much like a something you need and not that there wasn't any fun, but I agree with you. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, you know, at this, at this age too, women coming to me and wanting to, or, you know, joining your app or wanting to change. It's just, it's very difficult to help to change the way people see food and exercise, you know? Oh yeah. It's just sure. hard. Like, you know, it's hard to get them to understand what it takes. Right. Well, especially if you're in an environment where nobody else is trying, you know, yeah. you have all that extra, right. like, you know, cravings around you and it's all over the place. And, or you've got people that are, you know, saying, Hey, have this, eat this, you know, cause they want to eat it and they don't want to feel bad about eating it. So you eat it with them, you know? So I am really inspired by the amount of women in their forties and beyond that are taking a step into this strength circle. And I've seen them make some amazing tribes and really change their thought around about how they view their bodies and themselves. That's one of the reasons, although I mean, I'm a very fit, muscular person, but one of the things I'm very power, excited about powerlifting is we embrace all body types, you know, like, you know, if you've got a big butt and big thighs, like we're like, I wish I had some of that. Could you, you let me borrow it? <laughs> like I've never been able to get my legs big, no matter how hard I try. Right. And I really like some of yours. So I think that in itself is such a positive step because you're getting into where it's all about just building strength. It's not necessarily about your physical appearance so much, which I think is great. It's a relief that the strongman, the strength challenge I did was, it, I think the year before it was all, only women and it felt the same. It was very, like, very, very fun. Like it was, and it was 
you name it, body types. You know, I was probably the least, like, you know, the one of the smaller ones and just in, in my weight class. Like, and I think the weight class was like, speaking, speaking of strange weight classes, it was like, I could be getting this wrong, but I think it was like under 185 and then over 185, something <laughs> like, it was like one range. And I was like, okay. But like, but it was just, it was just interesting to see, you know, that obviously there's the kind of concept that mass moves mass, but then every once in a while, somebody comes along and kind of breaks the mold and you can see how just like, to your point, training and training technique and consistency and time and maybe yeah. lifting in the basement with dudes for many years, <laughs> you know, you oh. just need that mentality. Did you see the Arnold last year, that little girl that picked up that rock that no one could pick up? Yes. Yes. I, mean, Actually, I saw the clip later. Yeah. That's an example. Like, you know, she was not a big girl compared to the other ones. And I think the rock was something like a, something crazy, like a thousand pounds or something like that. It was insane. Yeah. And she, she picked that thing up. And she Your little kill. Yes. Right. So that's, that's what fascinates me because you yeah. look, you know, you sort of have an idea there's probably some misconceptions about who can be strong, you know, like yeah, who, think so. who is this possible for? What do you think the greatest like misconceptions about powerlifting are? Well, of course, there's the, the you're going to look like a man. Yeah. If you if if you lift the weights, there's a lot of like, you know, you're going to get hurt squatting. You're going to wreck yep. your knees. You know, you're going to hurt your back deadlifting. It's bad for you. So there's always kind of like those. I feel like they're all like high school football coaches from like the eighties. <laughs> or my uh, mother is like, yeah, my mother is so worried. I'm not going to be able to walk. Uh, she's not like, that's amazing. She's like, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's her generation. I mean, she said like when she was in high school, the girls weren't even allowed to go to PE class. You know, so that is so um, so yeah, I think that that's a lot of it. Um, I think it's great in that, like, I don't think you have to have a lot of money to get started in it. You know, um, there's finding a gym, which could be costly, I guess, but you know, it's pretty easy to get started into it a lot. And it's very welcoming. And there's, we have some amazing events at the local level. We do all these, what we call rookie riots, whereas basically it's for rookie lifters, people that haven't lifted before. And we assign them with so, like a, a, I want to say elite, but you know, someone that's been in the sport for a while and they're like their handler and they kind of go through the sport with them you know and it's like a I mean the, the rules aren't relaxed but there's a lot of like you know just prepping you and helping you have a successful full day and so I think I always find those to be like so much fun and then you're seeing so many people getting in at the high school level now and the collegiate level we see so many women in particular they're getting into it very early you know, and so to see like their progress and gains and the numbers that they're putting up at their ages, if they, if they stay in it, it's going to be unbelievable. It's incredible. So yeah. what are you, what are you training for now? What's next? Um, training for the Arnold Classic. I, where is that this year? It's always in Columbus, Ohio, the oh, first weekend of March. That. Yep. Yep. Always. It never changes. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of Olympia, which was just down in. Yeah, that I went to that actually. Yeah, that yeah. was in Orlando. Yeah. 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 So it's my favorite event 
um, because it's huge. <laughs> like, <laughs> or you're going to show your stuff, I guess. Yeah, you're lifting on the stage in front of tens of thousands of people and everyone's going crazy. And it's like, I always say it's like the closest I would ever probably get to being like a rock star, like to know <laughs> what they could even possibly feel like because it's just insane. And it's fun. And, and it's, uh, you know, there's no world titles on, on the line or anything. It's just, you know, it's just fun stuff. There's money, prize money, you know, you can break records, but you know, it's, you can really just kind of go for broke and have fun. So doing the master's bench press, I'm trying a strict curl competition. I've never done that before. Oh, so what, doing strict tell curl. me about that. So it's kind of like almost like an up and coming sport. It's kind of gaining some popularity. Clearly, if they have an event at the Arnold on the main stage, that's pretty, pretty big hard to, yeah. hard to do. Yeah. So basically, you they have like a, a padded wall that you like a like a freestanding padded wall that you have to have your shoulders and your butt against, and then your feet have to be one foot from there, and then it's with an easy curl bar. Yeah. And you have to start with your arms down and and lift it up till they tell you to put it down. You get three attempts, just like powerlifting. So I did a qualifier last year at the Outer Banks. It was pretty fun. And so I thought, well, why not give this a try? Well, I noticed on one of your posts, you were easy bar curling. And yeah. So I'm trying so to figure what? out, figure out like the ins and outs. Cause there's definitely like certain exercises that you can do to help make gains in it and, and just practicing the overall motion of it. And I have my husband calling the commands out to me. So I'm getting used to the commands, you know, and. So I just feel like it's, I feel like you should always, like you, you did with the bodybuilding. I think when you challenge yourself, when you challenge yourself and you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, I just feel like you grow and you learn and you come out better in the end, no matter what the experience was. So always try to do things, try to challenge myself to do different things. So I'm going to try that. And then they have the pro bench on Sunday. I actually opted out of the powerlifting this year because I really want, I've done a bunch of events in a row. And I really want to work on getting my deadlift back to where it should be after injury. And I just want to give myself some time to just to step back from that kind of competing and just really focus on my training and getting my squat, my deadlift better so that when national hits next year, I'll be in a better way. Cause you can like, if you do too many events in a row, you're constantly training for that one rep max and you're not getting in the volume that you need to just get overall stronger. So so I'm just doing some fun ones. <laughs> at that so would it, if you're doing a, if you're doing a, well, first of all, where's your curl right now? I'm curious. I did 110. Yeah. And the world records 123. So I got my eye on the prize. I, think I did 75 <laughs> with, a, with a big old momentum yeah it's amazing (laughs) how much you lose when you can't do that yeah (laughs) yeah wow (laughs) exactly you're like I guess I'm not I'm not so strong so when when you're doing a let's say you're training for deadlift or you had mentioned your splits what kind of volume are you doing in terms of sets reps and rest like what's your philosophy well I'm always switching it up I have a couple different programs I run. I run what I call like a string, a speed strength program, which is like a hypertrophy kind of program where you're doing a lot of high reps. High reps for powerlifting is 10. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 10's a like lot it. of AMRAP. Yeah. <laughs> a third set of AMRAP, you know, at the end. So, 
and then you're you're working you're doing tens for a while and you work down nines and eights. And, and for so people on. listening, AMRAP is as many rounds as possible or as many reps as possible. Rep, yeah. Reps in this case, yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. just kind of going all out in the last last set. So I like to do that twice a year because I always feel like I make really good gains. But when you're doing those uh, larger rep schemes, you can really focus on your form because inevitably it falls apart a little bit as you are lifting heavier weight and trying big things. You know, you're always trying to tighten your form back down to where it needs to be. So I like doing that. And then when I'm training for like an event is when my workout is super complicated. <laughs> we're doing like a speed, speed week and a heavy week and we're flipping things back and forth. And one week I'm working on, you know, a heavy one at max and the other one I'm working on just moving sets as fast as I can. So, and I do, I believe in a lot of overloading, which is in a lot of variations. So we do like walkouts and steady static holds and a lot of like partial reps, you know, like lockouts where you're loading it up with way more than weight than you could, but you're only lifting like half the reps. So you're the working the top part or the bottom part of the lift. And a lot of that for me is like, I get bored pretty easy. So I always like to have things like always moving and shaking and doing new things. So yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> what you're all, and right. pretty much always training. I don't really take um, my time off is that just going into the gym and just kind of, you know, getting some set work done and not stressing my body too much, but I don't ever really take like weeks off or anything like that. Yeah. People won't be surprised, but, but yeah, I mean, you, you have to, I mean, I, I suppose strength is a use it or lose it thing, right? hundred percent. And yeah. like, you know, for my bench, like I can't do 327 any day. I can only do that on that one day I peaked for 12 weeks. You know? like, it's not yeah. like a, oh, let me just throw that on the bar and I got it. Like right. I worked really hard a long period of time to get myself to be able to lift that. And then it's gone. <laughs> you know, you hit your, you hit your ceiling and then you got to ro ro rotate back and then go through right. it again. I guess it's like thinking about a marathon, somebody's marathon pace, like they don't train at race pace, you know, they're yeah. sometimes, but right. You, you're trained. It's training. It's not race day. It's not competition day. It's like that day in all the competitions I've done, you can usually find something that wasn't there during oh, training. Yeah. Like it just wasn't <laughs> there. You know, my I dad, say, like, that, that's, that's the heart. That's where your heart. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, that's all. Well, and you, you can't replicate that scenario in no. the gym, no matter how hard you try, no matter how many mock meets you put on, or, you know, like, you know, practice races or like whatever, you just, you can't replace that, like kind of do or die, or this is the moment I've got to take it now kind of scenario. So I've always been a better performer on the platform and I'm in the gym. So I don't usually let anything I do in the gym discourage me for what I think I'll be able to do on the platform. Right. Cause when you get out there, you're like, ah. it's funny as you're, you're, when I've seen your videos of you PRing, it looks easy. Like it looks, uh -huh. and I know it's not easy, but it, it's moving. It's not yeah. like these, it's not, you know, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I wonder if, she's going to be able to do it. It's like, it's just like, bam, you know, <laughs> it's wild. You know, it probably doesn't feel that way. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's really hard. And I'm like, I, I'm like talking to myself the whole way. Like when I'm doing, like, if I'm going for like a world record on the bench, I'm like, keep going. Okay. Right arm, keep going. Left arm, catch up. Okay. It's still moving. It's still it's moving. Come on. 
squeeze your pinkies, push your legs. Like it feels like it was like a 20 minute ordeal because I'm having these conversations in my head and I'm listening to Donovan, you know, yell different keywords to me off the side of the bench and literally it's like seconds but it's like (laughs) slow-mo yeah yeah it's amazing it's amazing to watch do you have any like training partner pet peeves training partner pet peeves well yes like don't touch the bar don't say this don't yeah most some of it like I don't get real like wrapped up in things like I don't care like how the plates are loaded or which way you're facing or none of none of that bothers me but I like to have a pretty like intense, hardcore, like training session. So I don't want someone going like, oh, great job. That looked no. awesome. Like, I don't want like fluff. No. Like I want swearing and yelling. <laughs> <laughs> and I even go as far You're as so like. You're so cute with your <laughs> cute little blonde hair and your little boy. Yeah. I want. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to be comfortable. We were laughing the other day because A Seven Strongwear is one of my sponsors, and they came out with these amazing sweats, and they're kind of like old school sweats we used to wear in like the '90s, you know, where they're like baggy and they're um, cuffed at the bottom. Oh you know? yeah. Oh yeah. And they're big and they're fluffy and they're amazing, but I won't wear them to training because they're way too comfortable, <laughs> and I want to be really uncomfortable and on the edge, you know. So like, I have to. I make sure like the clothing I wear is, is, is not comfortable. Like it's like, especially a sports bra, that's no problem because those are like, how, like what, like what, maybe I need to wear uncomfortable clothes. I like, just wear like really like something very tight, like something not soft, you know, things well, like that. Any, Nothing that's comfortable. In the mind of a champion here, <laughs> you want to be well, uncomfortable. Even uncomfortable. You Otherwise you kind of just feel like, eh, you know, yeah. I'm feeling warm and cozy. I don't know if I want to go pick up that barbell, you know, and we play pretty angry music too. So where do you think this comes from? Maybe this, that's another episode. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I have worn, like I think it's just from experience. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've worn so, like, I don't like, I have some really soft, wonderful t-shirts, but I won't wear them down into the gym. Cause I did do that one day and I'm like, yeah, this isn't working. I wouldn't. Like, I just want to go have coffee and chill out. Yeah. 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 It's just, you gotta, you gotta have the right atmosphere going. So, I mean, that's some of it is, you know, when you're no matter what level athlete you are, you know, you have to set yourself up for success and what works for you, you know? So having people around you that are encouraging the things that you want, you know, we've had some training partners that we've let go just because they weren't additive to our atmosphere and what we were we were doing not that it's hardcore cutthroat or anything but there's just it's business right I mean business like and I finally just had to say you know like I really like you a lot but I'm training for something pretty important here and and this is distracting to me yeah yeah you know sorry (laughs) but you know it's not worth you know it's not worth wrecking your training session just to be nice to somebody yeah it sounds well not at this not at this level I mean not this level right if I was just going in and like I was off season I guess and like you know not really like intense about something I wouldn't I wouldn't care but do you um, have any girlfriends that do this too no (laughs) as I was laughing as it was coming out of my mouth like no yeah no I've had a few come and go like they've tried it 
And they were just like, yeah, this is not for me, but they weren't, I mean, they weren't walking into a normal situation either. Not oh at my all. God, right. I got that last one. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you know, it's, I think like I get it. I, I really respect the, you know, the obsession and the focus because I think like, you know, that is what makes somebody a champion is like, you know, you've got, you, you are not like Jack, Jack of all trades, master of none. It's like, I, I feel like you just have really <laughs> dedicated your life to this sport, you know? I have. It just, I think it just becomes like part of who you are, right? Yeah. It's part of your identity. It's not all of my identity, right. but it's definitely a big part that I don't ever want to go away. You right. know, like it's, it's taken us, it's made us really great friends. Like, you know, just going to the competitions, you see a lot of the same people over and again. And we've made yeah. really wonderful friends through the sport. We've traveled to some amazing places. I think it's been, it's something we do as a family. Yeah. So, you know, my kids do it. My husband do it, does it. I, I yeah. do it. So it's something that we can do together and enjoy and have this common interest yeah. in, in what we do. So I think that links us in a lot of ways, but I mean, you can definitely do it as just a hobby or just something you enjoy doing you don't have to make it your life as I did <laughs> right 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 what if you had if you wanted people to know something about you that wasn't all powerlifting, what what would that be well I I like to give back I'm very much into the environment I'm a teacher so you know that's kind of goes hand in hand with that but my other interests are just a lot of environmental ones probably I like working with kids, you know, I do a lot of volunteer work that also I find all that very fulfilling. Mm. So um, you, I'm a little, I'm a little bit of a science geek <laughs> in that <laughs> respect. That what you this year I, I, well, I taught math for like 20 years I'm in my 28th year of teaching right now, but now I'm doing electives, which is fun. Like the math I love, but it's pretty high stress down here in North Carolina. We test everything, you know, and it's always just so I moved into electives a few years ago. So I'm teaching a nutrition class, which is pretty fun. We call it agriculture because we do it with gardening and we're starting an aquaponics program, which is awesome. And our school is a lot about volunteering in our community. So we do a lot of volunteering with our kids, which is awesome. And so I'm, I'm doing nutrition. And then I'm also, I taught actually for the first time sports, marketing and entertainment, Whoa. which was interesting because I, you know, I do my own you know, for yeah. whatever my small business, you know, but it was really interesting to look at a curriculum and help the kids get interested and, in, and in applying like principles of marketing and philosophies. And really a lot of it was like getting them to recognize how they're being marketed to. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. That was right. the fun part, really. They're right. like, Hey, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm doing a, a computer coding class next quarter. So That'll be the first time for me. So we'll see how that goes. (laughs) So I kind of feel like I'm sitting here thinking how like, you know, a lot of the people I work with are general population that are trying to figure out how to fit it all in. And it's like, yeah, you do. You know what I mean? Like, I I think it's, and it doesn't have to be two hours a day for everybody, but no, just starting. Um, If you really think about how much time you surf on your phone, if you do your screen time or the shows that you watch at night, you have a lot of time. You just yeah. aren't realizing it. I make right. my kids do the screen time, you know, on their phones. I'm like, dude, 
seven hours that's like a job you know like what are you doing well I mean a lot of us are doing well it is part of it is my job yeah you're on there too I'm sure but a lot of us are it's it's just like a constant distraction and I think it just Mm -hmm. is an energy drain at least me when I get over like when I'm on too much even if it's for my own business it's just oh my gosh it's exhausting yeah I've got to set a time and I think too for us because we didn't grow up in this generation of smartphones and the internet. It's easy to, for me, at least it's easy for me to just to shut it down and walk away. I don't need my cell phone on me at all times. I'm fine with it. But for, for the younger generation, they really have a a hard time finding that balance of, and then how connected they are to it. It's, it's a struggle. (laughs) for those kids. And I feel bad because they're so connected and invested in this device that they feel like they can't put it down and walk away and do something. You know, they feel almost anxiety about it. It's yeah. something we work with our high school kids, you know, a lot on, but I'm more than happy to put it down. And I love puzzling and I love reading also. So uh, my husband likes watching TV. So I do sit and watch one show, <laughs> but that's it. That I can is- totally not do TV ever. And I'd be fine. <laughs> So I kind of feel like for me, the, the big things today, like in our conversation too, is about, because we talked about this idea of being overwhelmed with the goal or the number. And I was mm-hmm. kind of thinking about that as we've been talking is, is like, how could I ever get to this now in my normal life? Like I can't think that way. And I don't think that way because I probably would have never tried the things I tried if I felt like, because it would be to to think of what I've done even in the last two years would be too overwhelming. So it's just, it's kind of like big vision. I just want to be like, you know, get to the next competition in your case. And I love the idea of saying like, I think, and I, not to sound too woo woo here, but it does feel like a good life lesson. Like it's more about adding in five pounds, two extra pounds and what I can do today and just seeing where I can go. That's actually really helpful for me because strength training, especially because I train with people who are a lot stronger, like a lot stronger. And that's not, it's an interesting place to be, you know, where you can see yourself getting, you could sort of, it it can be overwhelming to see like, how could I get there as opposed to focusing on where I am and like five more pounds. I did it today. I loaded up a little bit more and just was like, wow, like I'm okay. All right. You know? Uh So I love that. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I just, as, as long as I made some small improvements, in that training that day, I did, even if it's just one more rep than yeah, last time, it's yeah. a, it's a win. Yeah. It's a win. Or right. if it's, I had a really horrible day and I'm super, super tired and I feel exhausted, but I have to get this workout in just getting down there and doing it is a win. I always tell myself the other girl didn't show up today. She quit. You came. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, 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 I guess, sort of fabricating some victories in some way, but it's having that positive mindset that I think we have to give ourselves some breaks sometimes. Like, I think we're very hard on ourselves sometimes. So sometimes it's breaking down and looking at like the small victories and realizing like, 
I really did do get better today. I did get stronger today. I got maybe just a small bit closer to my lifetime goal of whatever, whatever. I mean, I have on my wall, I have goals that I set 15 years ago and I've hit all of them, but one. And that's why I named 2024 is the year of the deadlift for me. Oh <laughs> I'm going to get God. it. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. I didn't ask you this, but I am curious. Have you had any major injuries? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've honestly, most of them didn't come from powerlifting. <laughs> they came from <laughs> water sports or hiking. Well, right. or, <laughs> yeah. My, my other kind of philosophy has always been like to live life. You know, I, I don't, yeah. unless like I'm a couple of weeks out from a competition, I generally don't adjust what I want to do because I'm this athlete. So, I mean, we were just snow skiing yesterday and um, I love water sports and things like that. And so, you know, I've, I ha I, I've given up some things of water sports. I broke my ankle wakeboarding. Then I blew out my knee wakeboarding. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, now, now I do it, but without the boots, I just do a free, right. free skating. You know, my one, the one, I, the one injury I did have was I had to have my, my, my labrum tendon in my hip repaired. And that was probably from almost 20 years of sumo deadlifting really, really, really wide in it finally needed some but other than that it's just been you know life <laughs> yep yep well I really really appreciate it I have like a huge list but I think actually naturally we got to many of them things I wanted to talk about is there anything you feel like that you would want to share that you didn't get to I can't really think of anything in particular other than I just think like you kind of like recap what we said. I just think life, you get this, you get really, I guess it depends on what you believe, but you really get this one life yeah. to do the most you can with it. You know, so you get this one opportunity for X amount of time on this earth. So I look at, think about that perspective a lot of times and what I'm doing and where I want to go and who I want to be. And I just think that it's okay to take risks. It's okay to try new things. It's okay to be uncomfortable. But in the end, like at least for me, I want to leave this earth being a legendary power lifter and somebody who are. Cat, you know, mission accomplished uh, and my world and my environment around me. And the, you know, I helped raise some kids that are a positive, positive impact on, on, on earth and our society. So I find that having like a, a more global perspective helps me through a lot. So, you know, if I like nationals was a super shitty nationals for me, but at the end of the day, does it really make a huge impact on anything I do? No, you know, I still have, you know, I'm still have a wonderful family, wonderful friends, you know, we live in America. We're not worried about people bombing us right now as they are in Israel. So, you know, I just, I think perspective is big. And yep. so when you're getting down on yourself or where you're upset about certain things, that's always my go-to, you know, the positives and the perspective. And I think that will get you to where you want to go. Thank you so much. And I, I have to say, you know, as a woman now in her fifties, it's, I look for other women who are just kind of breaking the mold of what I thought maybe this would be like at this age. 
And I think oftentimes I find myself in places where I am asking myself, like, is it appropriate for me to be here? Cause I'm 50. Is it, I don't know if you've felt that way, but like, even in my graduate program, there's, you know, another man who's close to my age, but like, and there's a lot of things that I do that feel like they're not, I'm not seeing a lot of my peers, but it's like more and more are. So I, I really, really appreciate finding women like you who are what I see as kind of breaking the mold and helping me like keep pushing forward and just being kind of, you know, brave enough and bold enough to try new things without letting that number that we talked about earlier that mm -hmm. just feels old. Like yeah. I don't feel old. I don't either. I, I, there's nothing <laughs> about me that feels old. I don't even think I, don't I, I think could I look feel, old. I don't think right, I feel like, old. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could feel any better. Actually, I was talking yeah. to one of my professors about that. Like I couldn't. There's I couldn't feel better than I do. So you're you're just you're on my list and radar. And I know that um, even if women listening aren't powerlifting, it's something. You know, whether it's leaving your job or you know, getting out of something that just isn't helpful. I really appreciate your perspective. Thank you. I think too, like, as we get older, you know, we are accumulating all these experiences and we're becoming more sure of ourselves, or we just have more knowledge, I guess, from all the stuff we've been through. So, you know, yeah, maybe you're the older student, you know, where you're at right now, but could you have done it, you know, in your thirties or would you have no. enjoyed it or would you have... No you know, the mindset oh. to do it. So I think, you know, as we get older, yeah, are we putting ourselves in different situations? Yes, you should. And you're probably better off because of all the life you've had up to this moment. It probably puts you in a wonderful position. Yeah. And I think we'll be, I think there are women that are younger that were influencing. I have a lot of friends who are in my industry who are younger, who are like, they're like, oh, that's possible. I don't have to be like my mother either. There, I can keep doing this. You know, I can keep, I can keep going. So, I I really appreciate that concept, though, of kind of one workout at a time and just getting better today. You know, mm -hmm. I think as a society, we put a lot of limitations on a number. I do. You know, yeah, <laughs> and, and we just got to get over that. Just like muscles, you know, don't pop out, and you don't look like a man when you when you start lifting. You know what what we limit for our age also we you and I <laughs> we need to start busting sound, down some of those myths too because yeah. I do think like we just got to keep pushing and 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 living life and not letting things like that hold us back yeah the the over uh you know there's nothing like youth you know and we all have it but have had it but we're going to be older longer than we were younger <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> It's, it's like, I'm very excited. I cannot wait to see what you do this spring. I'm super excited. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I truly yes. enjoyed this. It, I, I really did too. I wish we were closer. I'd probably get kicked out as your partner because I would joke around too much, but. Oh no, we sell dirty jokes and we joke around all the <laughs> like, time. But when you're on, you're yes. on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little sister, so. I like of a brother. So like, that is my jam, you know, that is my, that is my environment. So, but I'm, I'm so honored to meet you and I'm so excited to have you on here. I think it's going to be really impactful to a lot of women, regardless of where they are in fitness. So truly awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. 
Bye. Bye.